Hello and welcome to the Horrorcopia podcast, where we bring you weekly movie reviews while discussing all things horror along the way. I'm Brian and I'll be your host. This is episode number 35 being recorded Monday, September 26, 2022. And today I will be doing a spoiler filled review of the 2002 virus flick Cabin Fever. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can email horrorcopiapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow and message us on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. New episodes drop every Monday and can be found wherever you get your podcasts now. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. So as you heard in the, the intro there, it is just going to be me today. I apologize for that. Uh, Heather will be back next week. And you're probably just like, what the fuck's going on? These idiots told me I had to watch Silent Hill. Now they're telling me I got to watch Cabin Fever. Well, I apologize for that. Everything's fine with Heather. She will be back next week, like I said, uh, to do Silent Hill. Um, also, last week, we uh, we apologized for the, the late uh, release of the um, the episode. We were having some uh, editing issues that we're trying to uh, iron out still. And um, my computer, as I uh, has almost reached like its full max, I know that sounds so lame, but I do record with a Chromebook. Yeah, I'm old school and I'm cheap, but um, I think my Chromebook's run out of space. But my wife's just like, hey, idiot, why don't you start putting stuff on the cloud? So I think that's what I'm going to do. And I think I might have saved my uh, my Chromebook, which I love so dearly. Um, anyway, um, yeah, no no angry dad rants today. I'm in a rather good mood, so that's pretty good. So let's just um, let's just jump right into horror movie news. Uh, this is obviously going to be a shorter episode because Heather's not on here to give her thoughts. So I'll probably just like rip through a lot of stuff. So here we go. Uh, first off, uh, again, real quick, horror movie news. We get our information from at horror underscore movie underscore news on Instagram. So uh, Constantine, if you'll remember that uh, that 2000 whatever film with uh, Keanu Reeves based on the, the comic book, the DC comic. And then there's also a show on the WB, I think, or there used to be. I don't know if there still is. Are those shows still on the WB shows? I Actually, I know they are because I know Flash is still somehow going, I think. I don't know anything. This is terrible. So anyway, um, Constantine, the one with Keanu Reeves, which um, it's kind of funny that this is actually happening right now because I just listened to a review on the Jock and Nerd podcast about Constantine. And it is uh, the episode was called What the Fuck Happened to Constantine? And they just talked about basically just like they kind of like bash the shit out of movie. Oh, the, the movie almost like, uh, um, how did this get made that podcast? But they, they kind of, it, it was interesting, like listening to them do that. They were also kind of pointing out how it's like this, this movie like was critically panned and it just did, didn't do that well. And a lot of people just kind of forgot about it, but it actually wasn't a bad movie. Now I have only seen this movie one time and I saw it like right when it came out, not in theaters, but probably like right when it came to DVD or um, VHS, not VHS, <laughs> uh, but uh, DVD. And I didn't really care for it. I just, um, I don't, I don't know what it was. Like I, I, I want to go back and maybe check it out and see if maybe I was just too harsh with it. But I did watch a couple things on YouTube that they talked about in that podcast. And it was like, all right, so the special effects and the CGI look pretty badass. So maybe I will give it another chance. But uh, as far as the sequel goes, I mean, like, I'm not going to say I'm excited or I'm looking forward to it. Because, again, like the, what I have right now is not very good memories of the original one. So, sure, I, I guess. And I mean, like, Keanu's great. I love Keanu. Who doesn't? So, um, cool. Uh, next up, uh, they're making a Cloverfield sequel. So now, if you'll recall... The original Cloverfield, when that came out, that was the the found footage, you know, handy cam one with the giant monster that was just destroying New York. Pretty good flick. Um, if you don't like found footage, do not watch this movie because it will make you sick. But uh, like the, the the monster, I thought was pretty cool. Um, like the, the its design and everything because it, it, it like walked on all fours. And I mean, like the face was pretty terrifying. And it also had like little babies that once they dropped off of this thing, they immediately just came to life and turned into these like crab fucking disgusting. Th I don't know uh, that like got they almost like uh, aliens with like acid blood or something. They, they did something. I remember, but um, pretty good movie. Not great. But then they came out with a quote sequel 
called 10 Cloverfield Lane. So this movie had nothing to do with the other one. Uh, that one was, uh, or, sorry, 10 Cloverfield Lane was the one with um, John Goodman, where he was just this like psychotic dude that he uh, he built a bunker knowing that like the apocalypse was coming. And he was right. <laughs> Spoilers, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, that one was actually more just about human nature and how fucking creepy like people can get and just how bad people can get. Uh, really, like I said, really good human nature um, story. But really the only thing that it has to do with Cloverfield is like at the end, you do see that there is some like alien activity going, excuse me, going on. So it's like, all right, so maybe wherever this is taking place, this is how it is. But in New York, there's that giant fucking monster destroying and eating everything. And then they made the one, um, the Cloverfield Paradox. Yes, the Cloverfield Paradox, which was a a space movie. It was kind of like Aliens. And it kind of reminded me actually of the movie Life. I know that one doesn't get a lot of uh, praise, but I thought it was great. It was a really uh, another space terror one with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, uh, a few other people. But anyway, back to the Cloverfield Paradox. I remember... This this got like headlines because during the Super Bowl, whatever year it came out, it was probably like four or five years ago. They just dropped the commercial during the Super Super Bowl saying this movie will be airing on Netflix directly after or immediately after the game. So it was like, holy shit, like that was a fucking ballsy move and, and just like great marketing for Netflix. I mean, to do your one commercial on the Super Bowl, just saying it's like, hey, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what the numbers were for the viewers, but I mean, like, I, I assume a lot of people were just like, holy shit, very intrigued. So I uh, checked it out. Probably the worst of the three. And again, uh, didn't have much to do with the other ones. I mean, they're, they're going to tell you, like, all these movies tying together. And I guess they do because you'll see, like, the same company names and stuff in the back. But I mean, like, none of the characters cross over anything except the giant monster from the first one makes literally a two second cameo at the very end of uh, the Cloverfield paradox because they eventually get to earth and it's like this invasion has started all these aliens. And I think there, you can kind of see one maybe at one point in the background and you know, there's like a huge thing there, but they don't show it enough. But yeah, at the end, they just do this weird shot where you're like up in the clouds and you just see the Cloverfield monster's head just like, like it is a pretty terrifying scene because you're not really expecting it. And so, yeah, this big fucker just like its head comes above the clouds. So you're like, damn, like that's how big it is. And then I can't remember if it like lunges at the screen or if it just goes back down, but that's the last you see of it. So uh, (laughs) now what I was originally going to say when I said sequel I don't know if they're making a sequel to the first one or if this is just going to be another one of the long list of movies that just have the word Cloverfield in them to get people to go, you know, see them at the theater or whatever. So um, I if it is a sequel based on the first one, I'll probably check it out because I'd love to see more of that monster. And to tell you the truth, I'll probably watch the movie anyway. (laughs) So um, we'll see. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Last of Us trailer that just dropped. This is uh, going to be a new HBO Max mini series. I don't know if it's an actual series, but um, uh, some kind of series uh, that, like I said, it's going to be on HBO. Uh, the Last of Us, if you're unfamiliar with it, is based on the the PlayStation game. I don't know if it ever went out to the other uh, platforms, but. Uh, I did play the game. I did beat it. And I thought it was a really good game, had a really, really good story throughout it. And what's going on is it's I mean, it's it's just another plague, like apocalypse, like zombie type thing. However, this one has to do with like spores, I believe. So there's just things growing in this world that are like turning people and they don't turn into zombies per se. There are these things called clickers. And they have really fucked up faces that almost like open up almost like the Demogorgon from Stranger Things season one. But it also just kind of looks like a a flower that like opened up. But they walk around and they just. Like literally, they just make this like clicking sound. So in the trailer, 
it was really cool. Like once I started hearing that clicking noise, but then hearing their bones crack as they walk to, which I don't know how much of the bone cracking you hear or if any, but they do in the game, they do have that very like weird contorted kind of walk. And we've talked about this in a lot of the movies lately with this bone cracking sound. Uh, like the the zombies in World War Z had it, and we we saw it not zombies, but we saw it in uh, Stranger Things, uh, the the latest season when these people were getting fucking tortured by uh, Vecna, and like their bones were just like <laughs> so. Uh, so it was it was kind of cool, but it's also like all right, we've been seeing a lot of that lately. So um, Pedro Pascal is playing the uh, the main character Joel. And I'm not sure who was playing Ellie. She is the, the the younger, the little girl. Not little girl. She's probably like 13 or 14. They maybe they might say her age in the movie or in the game. I don't remember, but she's she's like a young teen, and it looks like she might be. And I forgive me. I don't know the actor's name, the actress's name. She played Liana Stark. I think it was it's Liana Stark. Oh God, I don't remember. No, I don't think it was Liana because I think that was the mom. But she played. Um, she came in in like the last two seasons, and she was like a total. She might have been Baratheon, but she was like a total badass. Uh, she was the little girl that was like the king, and she was just like a fucking no nonsense badass. But whatever her name is, I think she might be playing Ellie. So she'd probably be a, a good strong character, which Ellie is in the game. But if you are a gamer and you have not played The Last of Us, I highly recommend it. If uh, you're a fan of like the Resident Evil games or even Silent Hill, um, you would probably like this game because it is like an open world. Just, um, you know, you're kind of on your own and you're trying to solve things and get to missions. But this one, uh, this game is a lot about, uh, again, to go back to the human nature thing with like what I was talking about with Cloverfield, that's kind of what this game is. Cause you, so you run into a lot of people and that's how it would be in like a zombie apocalypse or any kind of apocalypse. Like people mostly looking out for number one, you know, making sure they're okay. Uh, not to make people sound like shitheads, but come on, let's, uh, let's be uh, honest here. So, uh, the last of us trailer. Yeah. Check it out. It's on YouTube. Or you could just go to uh, Horror Movie News on Instagram and check it out there. But uh, that's all I got for news. So I think we should just go ahead and jump right into Cabin Fever, which was directed by Eli Roth and was released September 12th, 2003. Here is your cast. Ryder Strong as Paul. Jordan Ladd as Karen. James DeBello as Bert. Karina Vincent as Marcy. Joey Kern as Jeff. Ari Vervine as Henry, Giuseppe Andrews as Deputy Winston, and Eli Roth as Justin slash Grimm. Here is your plot, courtesy of Google. Bert, a college student vacationing with friends in the mountains, mistakenly shoots a local man with a skin infection while hunting in the woods. Panicking, he abandons the scene and leaves the man for dead. When the man stumbles into a reservoir, he infects the water supply, and soon one of Bert's friends becomes infected. The friends struggle to stop the contagious flesh-eating disease while on the run from a group of ornery backwoods locals out for revenge. All right. So um, right off the get-go, what I thought was kind of cool about these opening credits was that it just starts off very basic, like a white screen. And it's just, you know, it's the writer strong, like telling you who's in the movie, James DeBello, um, Jordan Ladd going through. And as this goes uh, with the credits, it's like the slides start getting kind of like more to like a brownish color. And then like by the end, when they find these just flash, you know, like cabin fever, it's like a bloody red. Um, it it looks, it's pretty badass. You just have to, it's, it's very basic, very simple, but the music also starts off very kind of tame. And then by the end, when it says cabin fever, I mean, it is heavy, like, dun, 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 you know, so it's, it's pretty awesome. I thought that was a cool intro. All right. Um, so now we start off, we see, uh, there's this, this dude, he's just like in the woods and he's got a, a dead rabbit. So he sees, he, he comes back to his camp and his dog's laying there. So we, as the viewer know that this fucking dog's dead. Cause there's blood like all over it. But for some reason, this guy comes up and doesn't know that. So he's like dangling the, the bunny in front of the dog's nose. Like, come on, come on, come on, man. Come on. And he's like, like literally to where he's like 
bopping it in the nose. You know, he's like, come on, come on. And he's still, and then he finally notices some blood and he's like, huh? but then he lifts the dog's fucking arm up and like the whole body just like splits in half, like right down the middle. Like imagine like ripping a turkey open. Like <laughs> it's, it was pretty fucking gross. So um, that's, uh, that's our intro. It's a pretty good one. Now we cut to like a college type uh, just atmosphere, you know, a bunch of kids, you know, walking around like on a campus and everything. And this was actually a really, really fucking funny part. So you see this, this babe, I mean, this chick is is super hot. I'm probably going to say it a couple more times. This is Marcy, but she, uh, she's like hanging out the window of a truck and she's yelling. She's like, oh, don't waste your time in college. It fucking sucks. They just spend all your money. And and she's like talking all this shit and she's all excited. But then you see, she's talking to like a 10 year old kid who's just like eating a popsicle. It's so fucking funny. And I, I didn't say this before. I've never seen this movie. I've seen lots of it and I know about it, but I've, uh, I've never actually watched it. So I thought that was fucking hilarious. Good scene. And I, I know how Eli Roth is. He's got, uh, he's got some decent humor at times, but, uh, Overall, um, yeah, good joke there. So uh, we have a group of college kids that are taking uh, a road trip. They're going to be renting a cabin for a week. So um, these characters, I'll kind of just introduce them like as we get to them. But uh, the group of them, uh, they stop at like a corner store. Now, this is this has like all the makings of like even Cabin in the Woods. Like this like exactly how this movie starts out. Two girls, uh, two guys or two girls and three guys. Uh, they're, they're college kids. They're just going, they're going on a retreat a little, just to fucking get fucked up and bone and do other kinds of fun shit. And, um, so in this one, they stop at like, again, in like every movie like this, where they're going to a cabin in the woods or whatever, you have to stop at that shitty, like dirty backwoods gas station and just get fucked with by some locals. So in this one, that kind of happens, but it's like, it's a nicer, like a corner store almost. And they go in and there's this fucking like this little mullet headed kid. He's just sitting on this swinging chair or like a, you know, like a swinging um, swing. I don't know, like a porch swing. So he's he's on there and he's just like kind of minding his own business. And Paul, who is a writer strong, you'll remember him from Boy Meets World. He comes up and he just sits down next to this kid. And he's like, what's up, buddy? How are you? And the kid just immediately fucking lunges at him and starts biting on his hand, like, like gnawing on it almost. So they're like, what the fuck? You know, like, um, so this guy comes out, you know, and he breaks it up. He's like, and then you realize there's a sign behind him that says, don't sit next to Dennis. (laughs) Dennis is the little kid. So, um, his dad or I don't know, take caretaker, whatever he comes out and he like breaks the whole thing up. And he tells Paul, he's just like, Oh, there's a, there's a pond in there. Or there's like a river in the back. If you want to wash that off, which is funny. It's like, dude, your kid just fucking bit me at your store and you can't, I can't use like the bathroom inside. But anyway, so he sends him out back to do that. So they're inside the rest of the group. And this now I, I, I wasn't going to bring this guy up, but then he comes back into play at the very end of the movie in a really, really good payoff. But he's like an older dude, kind of looks like Santa Claus. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, like he won't shut up. Like he's telling them about all the products in the store and stuff. Like they're they're looking at some uh, like mason jars, you know, and he's giving them the, the backstory on every single one of them, you know. And they're like, oh, OK, whatever. Just kind of like eh, just going along with it, just trying to be polite because he's an older guy. So they're asking him about some of the things in the store. And then they're just like what about that gun? And there's a rifle behind his head, like mounted. And oh, I hate to even say this, but he's just like, oh, that's for the, and he says the N word. And they're just like, what the fuck? Like ever, like immediately, even I was just like, whoa, like coming from this guy. But it's like, he says it just so like, like in the normal tone, like, oh, that's, that's, that's what it, that's what that's for. So they just pay their shit and they're like, all right, fuck this. Like kind of making like racist, like, not racist comments, like calling him racist and shit, like under their breath, like as they're walking out. So, uh, so then they, they, they just get in the car and they take off and they're, they're shouting kind of stuff back at the guy, uh, like the kid, Dennis's father, whatever too, you know, the guy who, the other guy who originally came out and they're just like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to stay away from your fucking racist store and all this stuff, you know, and just da da da. All right. So, uh, we get to the cabin. Uh, Jeff is, uh, uh, I forgot his name. I had it here. Uh, what's his name? 
uh, Joey Kern. Jeff, you will uh, remember from Super Troopers. He is one of the three kids that uh, they pick up in the very beginning of the movie. He's the blonde, really cocky dickhead one that, of course, at the end of the movie, too, he's being an asshole. And it's like he it's almost like he's playing the same exact character in this movie. But anyway, uh, him and Marcy. Marcy is his girlfriend. She's the one I talked about in the very beginning. They uh, they immediately they just like they go to their room and start fucking kind of getting at it. Uh, the others are uh, the others. They, they just decide they're going to go swimming. And there's kind of a funny part. Uh, uh, Bert, played by James uh, DeBello. Uh, if you've seen Detroit Rock City, he is uh, I think he's the drummer. I don't remember. But he's like the really like kind of like uh, like this guy is like a total like he gives new fucking meaning to like bonehead bro. Like just straight up fucking like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Uh, you know. It's kind of how he talks, but I'm hurting my <laughs> throat uh, trying to talk like him. But anyway, um, so he's like the the third wheel. And I guess I'll just bring it up now. Why the fuck was he even invited on this trip? I have no idea. And to, th- to seem like it seems like the girls are friends, but it doesn't really seem like anyone else in this group are friends at all. Like, I don't think the casting was very good. They didn't have very good chemistry. But I guess as the movie plays out, they are starting to get more like suspicious oh are you infected are you infected so they're just kind of being like shitty with each other anyway but like it starts off this way like before they're even infected so it's just like eh, kind of hard to like like the characters in this movie so uh but anyway yeah like as uh jeff and marcy are, are about to start fucking uh jeff's like on top and he just looks out the window right above the bed and bert's literally there with just fucking binoculars like <laughs> like laughing you know and jeff's just kind of like dude fuck off you know like i don't think he would care if the guy was actually watching but so anyway uh now we uh paul again played by Ryder strong and then karen who is jordan lad um me i know her she's in a lot of stuff but i know her uh mostly from waiting the amazing restaurant movie with ryan reynolds but anyway so paul has like a little crush on her and you you see that she she kind of maybe likes him a little bit too but it's she's she's playing really hard to get but He's like really dorky about it. Like, so it's just Sean from Boy Meets World. And it's like, he was so much cooler on that show than he is in this movie. He's like a dork. I mean, he does some cool shit. Like, you know, he kills a couple people. Like, I mean, he has to. That doesn't make him cool. But, uh, you know, he's just kind of a dork. And he's he, he likes this girl. So there's just a lot of like, wait. You know, so she goes in and she kisses him. And he's just like also dorky. He's like, oh, so what? You like, like me now? You know? And I think even she's like rolling her eyes, like dude, grow up. So she just kind of fucking goes off and drops into the pond uh, just to stop talking to this guy probably. So uh, Bert, he is out in the woods and he's got a rifle with him. I can't remember if they brought this rifle or if it was in the cabin, but he just goes around and he decides that he's going to start shooting squirrels. Yeah. He's going to be a fucking serial killer. So, as he's doing this, he accidentally hits uh, something. He hits like a, a person. You can tell by the reaction. We see that it is the homeless man from the very beginning of the movie. Uh, but then we actually find out that he's not homeless. His name's Henry. And he's just like a dude who like forages and lives in the woods. Uh, I, I believe that's what it is. But uh, so I guess homeless. He's living in a tent. So um he comes out and he's like, what the fuck, man? Why'd you shoot me? But he looks terrible. He's just like, his skin is starting like to boil. I mean, like you can tell this dude uh, caught whatever fucking virus this movie is about, which you already know coming into it. But um, yeah. And he's just kind of like, I need a doctor. I need a doctor. So the um, Bert just fucking bails. Like he gets away from this dude. So uh, then they're having the, the, the group, it cuts to them having there's a lot of weird editing in this movie too there's a lot of like blackout scenes that just cut to something completely like wait uh okay like or and sometimes it's just abrupt cuts i don't know editing isn't uh great in this this is an older eli roth movie though so maybe might have been his first i don't think it is maybe but uh so paul is telling a story and it's one of those like where his buddy's just like dude you gotta tell the story so he tells the story of uh, how he used to go to this bowling alley with his dad when he was really little. And one time they went to go in and uh, the bowling alley was closed. So then they found out that what happened was uh, some guy broke in like after hours, like right after they closed. And he 
held all of the employees hostage and just killed all of them like very brutally, like fucking just murdered them. And he ended up severing like all their body parts, their limbs, you know, their their heads, things like that. And then he went bowling with these body parts, which is like a really kind of like funny looking scene because it's like a head like so you see that and then like the first thing i thought was like oh is this guy bowling with like the arms and stuff too and then sure enough you just see the 10 pin set up and like an arm just like like kind of slides down and like knocks one pin over like all pathetically but it was kind of like what the fuck is this like a really weird scene and it doesn't pay off at all so like I thought this like the story he was telling was going to have something to do with the movie. It really doesn't. It's just him telling like a, a, a ghost story to try to scare everyone. And um, then all of a sudden, like some dude just comes out of nowhere. Uh, this is Eli Roth's character. He's only in it like he has. It's just a cameo. Basically, he's in here and then he's at the end uh, for a second. But he just shows up and um, he's like, hey, hey, guys, you know, and they, they tell him they're like, hey, why don't you fuck off, dude? Like we're just we're having a friendly, uh, you know fire here and we don't need uh you know like whatever the fuck you want to just just go away so he's like oh okay well i guess i'll just take all this weed with me too and he has like a zip like a fucking freezer bag full of weed so they're like oh yeah you can stay you can stay and he's like yeah that's what i thought you know so they're all cool and he just um he sits down and they talk for a little bit and then he leaves so then after that we go uh we're back in the cabin like after they're done with the campfire and everything and um the there's a there's a knock at the door so they they go over and they check it or i think paul gets the door and it's that guy henry the guy that bert shot so he's like he's out there he's still looking for help he's just like oh you gotta call the 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 ambulance and i mean he's like this guy's looking even worse than before i mean he's still disgusting uh so bert like walks by in the background he makes eye contact with the guy he's just like oh shit and he kind of like tries to lower his head but then henry's like hey i know you you're the guy that shot me you know or something like that so Bert like knocks everyone out of the way and he just slams the door on the dude. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm, he's not fucking coming in. He's sick. And this is when like they, the kind of the, the anger starts with everyone where they're just like, actually like, no, fuck you. I'm not touching you. Get away, get away. Like the paranoia and everything uh, starts sinking in, but he's right. He's like, also like, I'm not fucking letting this dude in the house. Look at him. Like he's clearly got something that we do not want to catch. So uh, the dude he ends up just running over to their truck and he breaks into it and he's like trying to hotwire it, trying to get it started. So they all run out there to try to stop him. And this dude just starts like, like he's spewing fucking gore and blood from his mouth just everywhere. I mean, it's like, it's like kind of ridiculous how much he's shooting out, but it, it's it's pretty effective. I mean, it's it's pretty disgusting. So they finally get the dude out of the car, and this is after they're all like fucking pummeling the car and pummeling this guy with baseball bats and other kind of shit. Uh, so finally, Paul, you know, because they, they their campfire is still kind of like fizzling out from before, he runs over and he grabs a stick and he's just like trying to fend the guy off with this thing, and the guy won't stop. He just keeps walking forward. So Paul lights him on fire. <laughs> I mean, he just like, he, he stabs at the guy, his arm catches fire, and then he's immediately just running around in flames. So um, yeah, he just takes off. He just goes running away in the woods on fire. So it's like, all right. And then they just cut to like the next morning. So that's good because apparently everyone was fine with this. And they're just like, don't worry about that guy running around in the woods on fire with all these, you know, leaves on the ground and everything that are, so uh, it's kind of weird, kind of like in Firestarter when the girl's in the middle of the woods practicing her fire abilities. It's like, yeah, don't don't do it on like a concrete fucking parking lot or something. Do it in the middle of the woods. That's the best spot to do it. So anyway, uh, yeah, the next morning we do uh, we do find out that this guy is dead. He did finally succumb to the burns and whatever this virus is. However, he landed in the reservoir which is the the main thing that is feeding like water to everything around here, uh, or at least to the cabin like that these these kids are at. We see like they, they show you the pipe going like from the water, like and they pretty much track it all the way back. And uh, immediately it just goes to the sink where Paul pours a glass of water or he fills a glass of water from the sink for Karen, which uh, she takes a nice chug out of. Uh, so Bert and Jeff decide that they're going to go look for a mechanic because now their car is like totally fucked up from this dude. And 
they're they just they they're they're walking around the woods and they hear like a, a pig like squealing so it's just like ugh, like and pig squealing is just like kind of i think of movies like saw and stuff granted they don't squeal in that but like the one where the guy's gotta keep dropping the pig carcasses and he's drowning in their filth ugh, it's disgusting but anyway uh so uh yeah you see the pig hanging upside down and there's a woman she cuts the thing open and she's just immediately she sees its insides and she's fucking pissed. She's like punching this this pig like literally like it's one of those hanging boxing things. So she's fucking punching and everything. So she sees she finally notices the guys behind her and she's just like, oh, hey, hey, how are you guys? You know, like da da da. And she um, she's just like, look at this fucking shit. This is the same virus that everything around here is getting all the animals and da da da. And actually, I don't think the virus has like spread to human. Oh, actually, no, that's not true because Henry has it. But he's the only person that has it in that area. And then, but I guess some of the animals are are catching it. So you find out though that this woman is Henry's cousin. Now, this doesn't really play into much, except it just makes these guys know who this dude is. It's like, oh, he's not just some like fucking vagrant running around. He actually like is a town's person. So they're like, Oh fuck! So the, immediately they're just oh it, you know what we just remembered like our car does start so we're 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 good you know they slowly back out of there and she's like are you sure she's like super confused like why they were asking for help and now they're just like fucking off so um, Marcy also at this time uses a paddle boat to go look for help and that's one of the things in this movie these kids are like looking for help. The whole time and it doesn't seem like they're that far off the road that one of them couldn't just walk to like now i understand they had this like problem at the corner store or whatever but it seems to me like it wasn't like anything bad like it was just like okay they ended on bad terms but if someone came running up and they're like hey man i need to use your phone i think it would probably be okay or at least you could based on how this store looks it looks like it's in a town so doesn't seem like they're that far, but they can fucking never find anything. Everyone in this movie like starts doing something and then just stops, you know? <laughs> so she uses the, you know, uh, she, so they show her canoeing or paddling across the little river. And suddenly she's just in this house. Like she comes up on the house actually, but then she just walks right in. She's looking for help. But then uh, Bert and Jeff are also in the house. And it's like, what the fuck? Like everyone just breaks and enters to, I like the circumstances are kind of fucked, but it's just like, and then once they're in the house, like the three of them together, it's just like, Oh, Hey guys. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm looking for help. Oh yeah, me too. It's like, Hey, maybe we should get out of this house that we just broke into. Uh, and it's just, yeah. Another like really stupid scene, right? No one's there. So nothing comes of this. So, um, back at the cabin, Paul is there by himself. Uh, actually no, um, Jeez, what's her name? The girl, I already forgot her name. Karen. She is, uh, she's already kind of like starting to like get sick. She's like a little bit under the weather. So Paul's outside and this police officer shows up. And this is just like another like dipshit kid. I mean, this kid's probably like just out of the academy. He's probably like 20, 21. Uh, and I like this actor too. He was also in Detroit Rock City to, to go back on that movie. He's uh, Giuseppe... Um, What's his last name? I'm so professional here, right? Uh, Giuseppe Andrews. I knew that. I didn't have to look that up. But anyway, uh, so he comes up and he talk. He starts talking to Paul, and he's like just like an annoying character. He's like sleazy, but like also kind of like a dork. And he's just like, yeah, man, you're the party guy. Cool, dude. Yeah, man, I get chicks all the time, dude. You guys came. You guys came to this place at the right time. There's gonna be tons of chicks everywhere. Like this guy's probably a virgin. He's like, you know, probably full of shit. Or like if he has like had sex, it's probably with underage like girls. Like not to get creepy like that, but I mean, like this guy's like a total fucking like cheese ball. You know, it's like, eh. but um, so yeah, you can't like, you know, Paul's talking to him and he's like, hey man, we need we need like a tow truck or da da da. And the guy's like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you a tow truck and it's gonna be here tomorrow. I promise. You can't really tell if he's being condescending or if he's like genuinely there to help. And he's like, yeah, man, don't worry. Don't worry. But he does say he's going to get a tow truck for them and that it'll be there tomorrow in the afternoon. So, all right. So, yeah, we're back to Karen now. Like she's starting to feel sick. She lays down. Um, <laughs> this is such a fucking gross scene. So Karen is like starting to feel sick, you know, but then uh, Paul goes in to check on her and he's like, 
all right, well, I'll leave you alone. She's like, no, come lay with me. So he, you know, he like spoons her. She's laying on her side. He lays next to her and, and she kind of, you know, she like shifts and she lays on her back and he's like caressing her, you know, like her cheeks and her hair and everything. And so he starts going lower, you know, it's like, okay, you can see where we're going here until his hand is out of view and, you know, under the blankets and she starts moving around a little and you're like, okay, all right. And we're getting, maybe this dude's going to get lucky tonight. We'll see. So then like all of a sudden, like something occurs to him or he gets like a look on his face and he, he like pulls his hand out and it is fucking covered like maybe not not covered but let's say like his fingers all the way up to like the last joint are just fucking covered in like gore like fucking blood and chunks and it, like they it's chunky <laughs> like it's fucking chunky like they, they make sure you uh you see that so then they pull the blanket back and you realize he was not fingering her excuse my language he was actually like in a gaping hole in the side of her thigh. So this guy must've been like, wow, this chick's really loose <laughs> because it was like a fucking hole in her. And like this disgusting. So, uh, you know, like the, then they should, they go back to like Bert and it's like, he fucking like, they, they find out like what happened here. And that like this dude, like I said, he's already kind of like an, a fucking ape, like a caveman idiot anyway, but he's just constantly yelling in this movie. Sometimes it's funny, like the things he says, but like a lot of times it's very just like, you know, he's th this guy's just an asshole and it's like, you just kind of wish he would shut up and he like kind of sucks. But so they decide that they're going to uh, lock <laughs> um, Karen in this room because it's like, fuck, that's um, yeah, really fucking gross. So uh, then it just shows like the, the group and they're all checking each other, like a quick scene of them. They're all like basically just down to their underwear and looking at each other's backs and everything to make sure that no one else is infected and no one else is. But then they end up escorting Karen. They put like a giant blanket over her and they put <laughs> they put her out in like the shed, which is like just it's a little off from the cabin. But I mean, like like close enough, like it's almost like a detached garage. But they put her in there because they're just uh um, yeah, like, fuck that. We're not, <laughs> we're not dealing with this chick and, uh, we don't want to get sick. So, um, again, yeah, at this point in the movie, like I just talked about before, I actually wrote down in my notes. It's like, why are they having such a hard time? Like getting out of this situation? Like th if they just started fucking walking, they would eventually get somewhere. And then like, uh, do we get, all right. So, uh, but yeah, like, and at this point, everyone's like more on edge now. They don't trust each other. No one wants to get sick. So um, all of a sudden, like the the guy, Henry, that they shot and that died in the reservoir that is polluting all the water, his dog like keeps coming back in this movie. So you kind of wonder if the dog is like rabid, like maybe it ate something or it got the virus. But it seems like the other dog they showed in the beginning of the movie, literally his body split in half. So I have no idea. This dog comes back a couple of times and it is fucking mean. And it's just like, why is this fucking dog still in the movie? Like, I don't understand it. Like, just, I mean, for like, obviously for like stressful situations, but it's just like, what the fuck? Like this dog does not need to be in the movie. Um, so uh, yeah, the dog's trying to get to Karen. It's just like, it's gnawing at the, the, the bottom of the door. Um, and it doesn't get to her though, because like a lot of the scenes in this movie, it just kind of fades to black and it's, it's over. It's like, okay. And then they just jump to the next scene. So it's like, okay, we, we got out of that one. Okay. So, uh, we see Bert drinking the water from the sink and this actually, this, um, they kind of focus on this because earlier in the movie, Bert and, uh, Jeff, they started having, they were like, they were having like a pissing contest, basically like about who can drink more beer or whatever. And uh, the guy Bert's like, all right, fine. He's like, I fucking bet you. He's like, I will only drink beer for the rest of this trip. That's all I'm going to drink. So they show you that he's drinking water. So it actually is kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Like it, it makes sense because it's like one, we see that he fucked up on his bet. And also it's like, well, he's drinking this water now from the sink. So he, um, his is like, he walks away from everyone because he realizes he lost the bet. And he just kind of starts coughing, actually. His comes very quickly. So he's off to the side. And it's like in a zombie movie where someone gets bit and they don't want to tell anyone. So they just kind of cover it up. So that's what he does. He doesn't tell anyone that he's not feeling good. Um, 
Uh, Karen is getting worse. They kind of show her like you see her skin starting to get more disgusting. And then um, Bert gets the car started. Yep. Like this whole fucking movie where these people have been walking. Around, we need to, we got to find out. We got to find out. Nope. He just like sits there and just tries it a couple more times. I mean, he probably did work on it, but they don't show him doing any of that. He's just back in the driver's seat and it turns over. So the car starts. So we got our car back. Great. Like this was such an issue like 10 minutes ago. And now it's like, oh, nope, don't worry. I got it started because, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So, um, yeah. And, and then at this point, Jeff, yeah, uh, the, the one dude, he just he realizes he's like, nope. He's like, I am not fucking sticking around here. You guys are starting to get sick. So he goes into the, the cabin. He grabs two six packs of beer and he just fuck he fucks off. He's gone. He's just like, I'm out of here. Fuck you guys. I'm not getting sick. And he's just gone. He takes off. So uh, so then it's just Paul and Marcy at this time. They're in the cabin and uh, we haven't heard about Marcy in a while. But anyway, she's like, oh, you know, they're talking about how like fucked up all this stuff is. And she's like, yeah, it just kind of makes me think like, oh, if I was like the last person on earth, I would just want to like fuck someone real quick. So then they have sex. Like it just seems so out of nowhere. And it's like, all right, it's, it's another good sex scene. There's a couple good ones in here. And uh, we get to see boobies. So hell yeah. Um She's uh, starting to notice, though, that her skin or like we kind of notice like he grabs like, you know, she's on top. So he kind of he grabs her back, like just to kind of like caress or whatever. But you notice like his fingerprints kind of like stay there. Like, yeah, I mean, granted, if the person was kind of pale and you squeezed them, you know, your fingerprints will stay for like a couple seconds and then they'll, they'll eventually like fade out. But like it looks like he almost like imprinted them into her back. So it's like, ugh. Like when he takes him away, you can see that the handprints like they're there. And it's like, I don't think that's going away. Um, so Bert, you know, since he's driving around in the truck, he goes back to that corner store in the beginning. And that kid Dennis is still sitting on that chair. And this is so fucking bizarre. And I was laughing so hard at this part just because it made no fucking sense. But it was such a pleasure to watch. So he's the kid, uh, Dennis. He's sitting on the bench and he just starts yelling about pancakes, like pancakes, pancakes. And, you know, Bert's like, no, I don't have fucking pancakes. So the kid gets up and he does this like jump kick off of the stoop. And then he just starts and the whole thing's in slow motion. So it's like he starts flailing around and he's doing ninja spin kicks and he's like doing like it's so fucking funny. And his hair is like, you know, his mullet's like fucking dancing around. It's wonderful. But he does this whole like karate routine. But then he just runs up to Bert and fucking bites him in the hand. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh. So um, he's he's freaking out. The dad or whoever comes out yet again. And it's just like, oh, I got to break this up. My fucking kid is biting someone again. So the kid, though, Dennis, as he's biting Bert, his eyes kind of like notice something. And he he lets go. Like, he's just like he realizes that he's like, this, this doesn't taste the same, or he knows that it's like, this guy's get, like sick or something like that. So, um, yeah, so he, he just, he kind of unlatches. Uh, we cut back to Paul, uh, in the cabin. He decides it's time to go. Um, at this point, uh, they're kind of cutting back and forth. Bert is being chased now by the locals because they're just like, the, the, the dad, he immediately sees like with the kid, cause the kid, like he spits out blood or something. He's like, that man's sick. So he just deduces immediately that Bert is sick. He's right. But it's like, wow, good thinking, man. You immediately were just like, that guy's got a flesh eating virus. We better kill him. So um, this is one like, yeah, it's him and two other guys in the movie. Just kind of like now they're being hunted. So it's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it, I guess. So um, Paul is like walking around and he finds the charred body of Henry in the reservoir. So that's when like he finally knows that it's like, oh, no, like it, it, that's what we've been drinking. And then he fucking falls in like an it, like a fucking idiot. He's like leaning on something. And of course it breaks. And then he falls in and he's like oh, flailing around because he forgot how to swim. But then he, he climbs out. It takes him a while to get out. But it's like, yep, now you've been in that disgusting water. So. Uh, then we cut to Marcy, who is taking a bath, and she's shaving her legs. So 
again, not having seen this movie and anyone who knows how skin is going in this movie, you know that something disgusting is coming because she's using a razor on her on her skin. And uh, sure enough, I was right. And you would all be right, too, if you were watching this for the first time. Her razor just starts like fucking like or they show like her other leg and she's going over it. And it's just like like there's boils and fucking like it looks like like she was burned, actually. Like it's really disgusting. So she's like kind of like cringing as she's going over it. Um, and yeah, like some of the skin starting to come off and shit. It's really gross. Uh, and then they show her back, too, which is like really gnarly looking. Like it looks like um, the chest of the old woman from it chapter two, when she kind of like pulls it down a little bit to get like some air, you know, and there's like gross boils and shit there. So um, yeah, it's really disgusting. So um, then like that dog comes back and it ends up fucking like mauling um, what's left of Marcy. Like after she's just kind of falling apart and just getting disgusting uh, again, like why I don't understand this dog, like why it's just like trying to fucking kill everyone. Not like it's like, Oh, you killed my owner. Like it wouldn't know that. I mean like fucking so, uh, and then it runs over to the, the old, um, uh, the shed and it starts feasting on Karen as well. So, uh, Paul, finally, he's got the rifle now and he, uh, the dog's coming at him and he shoots it. They don't show the dog die, which is good. It's off screen. So, uh, Karen is barely alive. I mean, like her face, like she looks like two face from, um, the, uh, dark Knight. Uh, what's his name? Aaron Eckhart. Like her face is all fucking mauled and everything. I mean, like she, and this virus is killing her too. So, um, Paul just grabs a shovel and just fucking bludgeons her to death. Like it's really fucked up. But I mean, I think it's like, all right, I'm going to put you out of your misery, hun. But it's like, dude, maybe use like the shovel blade and just like fucking cut her head off or something. I don't know. It's like, it was a terrible way to die. I mean, cause he fucking like took like, I don't know, seven or eight smashes on her face. So, um, all right. So, uh, we cut over and, uh, we got the three guys that are hunting Bert. Uh, this is like actually like a, a pretty cool scene. So Bert gets away from them and he's met up with Paul. And at this point, Bert's like, he's dying too, you know, from this virus. So they're, they're hiding inside the cabin and the three guys come walking up and one dude's got a, like a big ass shotgun. So he kicks the door open and Bert is sitting there in like a rocking chair and he's just got the gun aimed right at the dude. And he's just like, what's up, motherfucker? But then like it, nothing happens and the other guy who originally came in with the shotgun just fucking blows Bert away. <laughs> so like, what the hell was the point of that? Cool. Like, what's up, motherfucker? Like you assumed he was going to shoot the dude. And he was going to like fly back. But it's like, nope, he just didn't pull the trigger. And the other guy was like, well, OK, I guess I'll shoot fucking shoots Bert. He's dead. Fucking he flies out of his chair. Um, the, uh, the other one of the, the, the big dude who's holding this box for some reason, which I don't understand either. Um, he starts to like go into it at one point, but then uh, he stops. I don't know, like everything in this movie. So he walks into the house and Paul's actually right around the corner and Paul Smith or no, no, I'm sorry. The guy that shot Bert, he walks in first, Paul's around the corner, hits him in the face with the shovel so the dude flies off the porch and the impact when he lands, the shotgun goes off and blows away the the one dude like Dennis's uh, the, the crazy kid uh, that bites everyone, his dad. So he gets blown away. And then uh, the third dude who's yeah, he's just this big, dumb, whatever guy. He's like their enforcer. Yeah, he's like carrying this box that you never find out what's in there. He comes walking into the house and Paul just immediately, he has a screwdriver and just sticks it right in the guy's ear. <laughs> it's like, fuck. So it was like a really violent part. It's just kind of like, whoa, like things escalated quickly. But uh, so now those three guys hunting them are gone. So uh, Paul doing more like exploring or whatever. I think at this part, he just kind of like fucking ditched everyone because he just killed Karen and Marcy's dying anyway or is dead. So he finds, he goes into a little cave because he sees a flashlight in there that's on. So he goes in and then he finds uh, that dude Grimm or Justin, who I think there's a baseball player named Justin Grimm, to be honest with you. Uh, but anyway, uh, Eli Roth's character from the very beginning, he's just, he's in there dead and he's actually like in half. You see his innards and everything. I mean, like his body split in fucking half. It's like, whoa, pretty gross. So um, <laughs> then uh, Paul finds the truck. He's driving away with it and he hits a deer. 
And it's like a really fucking elongated scene of the deer struggling, just like, like flailing its arms and everything. Um, And Paul just like, he finally gets the the shotgun together and blows the fucking thing off of uh, the front of his car. So um, yeah, then Paul stumbles upon a group of kids partying and he sees the police officer again. And it turns out that this guy is a real fucking dork. He's like hanging out with all these like high school kids drinking beer and, you know, he, he, the guy comes up to him or uh, Paul walks up to him and he's like, the tow truck. Where's the fucking tow truck? And the guy's like, oh, dude, like he just he literally forgot. Like he legitimately just forgot. So it was like fucking moron. So then uh, eventually Paul just goes around and he starts coughing blood. He's like spewing it on all these kids, like getting it all into it. they're having like. Um, they're having like a bonfire and stuff too, you know, like with, uh, like a, a guy's playing a harmonica. I think they, I can't remember if like he got headbutted or something or something happened where I think he swallowed the harmonica. Cause I think they show him later and he's like choking on it. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he, you know, Paul just gets away after all this chaos and all these, these kids are going to start fucking turning and getting gross and spreading this and whatnot. So, uh, Paul's like on the side of the road and some trucker picks him up. And then you just see the truck actually like parked and then it drives away and you see a hospital behind it. So it's like the guy got Paul to the hospital, which was cool. Um, but then uh, the cops, they uh, they basically they just put um, I'm sorry, the cops, uh, they, they decide that they're just going to put Paul in like a car. And it's like, all right, we've just got to dispose of this guy. So um, they're going to have Deputy Olson do it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the younger cops. So, yeah, they're just going to basically like, all right, get rid of this dude. So, um, yeah, that's the last we see of Paul. He's still alive, but then we just kind of go away and it's like, oh, I, uh, I guess he's going to get killed off screen, whatever. Um, so then we uh, we cut back to Jeff, who was the guy who took the, the beers, uh, the six packs and just fucked off earlier. Uh, we cut back to him and he actually like it shows him he like he's out of the woods finally. Um, he like climbs under and, but, uh, he ends up back at the cabin somehow. And it's really weird because he goes in and he sees all the fucking carnage and everything. And that's weird. I know I just screwed up, um, what I said there. I said, he's out of the woods, but then I said, he's back at the cabin. Not like this is some weird fucking like warp thing where things keep going over again. Um, he just, he, he was like gone for a while and then he shows up again and eventually makes his way back to the cabin, probably just to see if any of his friends are still alive. Uh, he sees that it's just like a bloodbath everywhere. And he starts like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Like, he's all excited. Like, I guess he's excited that he didn't get the virus. Like, he survived. But then he, like, steps out front and he just gets fucking gunned down. There's, like, three police officers because they were all told over the radio to just kill on sight because um, of this virus. They don't want it to spread. So then, um, yeah, so he's dead. So then the movie just kind of ends with uh these two kids they have like this big gatorade jug and they go down to the reservoir like behind the creek and they it shows them filling water like into this thing and then the next scene it just shows them selling lemonade it's just it's so fucking gross it's like these kids literally fucking that's what they thought was the best idea to get water just go in the creek and fill up this fucking jug so uh this is going to spread to everyone so now i have to go back to when I talked in the very beginning of the movie about the racist, like, uh, cash or the cashier in the beginning, the guy that looked like Santa Claus. So if you'll recall, they asked him, they're just like, what's that gun for? And he's like, it's for the, mm-mm. and he says the N word. And you're just like, what the fuck? It's like a really like fucked up scene. So then you just see, you see three African-Americans like walking into this place. The first thing I thought was like, okay, this is the next group of kids that are going to come into town and they're going to everything. They're going to get fucking murdered and killed by this virus and everything too. But then they walk into the store and the cashier is like, Oh, you're here. And he takes the gun off the back thing and hands it to the guy. Like it was literally for them but clearly, but then they're all like, yeah, thanks, man. They all start shaking five. And he's like, you got it. But and he keeps saying the word. And it's just like, it was like, I actually got a good laugh out of that. Cause it's like, yeah, this guy, like, obviously he's using that word. It's like, what the fuck, man. But like, maybe it's like mutually understood with him and his friends, but it was just like really funny because it's just like, I was not expecting that. It was a really good laugh um, to come back and kind of like 
save like the horrible thing that happened in the beginning. But yeah, so it was a, it was a good swerve there, but um, yeah, that's the end of the movie. And then uh, there's just like a really quick uh, tag after the credits and it's just that same cashier and he's like, word up or something like that. So um, yeah, that is cabin fever. My what the fuck moment. It's, it's an easy one. And I'm sure if Heather was here, she'd say the same thing. I'm sure most people would say it. And that is actually, I mean, there's some, there's some pretty good uh, gory scenes in this movie. Mine's gotta be though. The, the guy um, fingering the wrong hole, if you will. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like in the fact that he pulled his hand out and it was covered, it's like, dude, did you realize that like you had like four fingers in there? It's, I'm sorry, it's fucking gross. It was really disgusting. That's my what the fuck moment. My final grade for this movie, I'm going to give this a D plus. I, I didn't think this was a very good movie. You could tell I had a lot of complaints. I thought it was kind of stupid, actually. The gore and everything was really good. But just the, I, I got irritated watching this movie because like the characters mostly sucked. I didn't really like any of them. I thought the one chick was a babe and she was incredibly hot. So I loved looking at her, Marcy, uh, just to sound like a sexist pig. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't recommend this movie, um, but uh, so I give it a D plus. I mean, it had some good scenes, but overall eh, didn't really care for it. Um, then the last thing about this movie, because I used to I usually say it when they're, uh, uh, my favorite band Ice Nine Kills does have a track about this movie called A Rash decision and that is on their album welcome to horrorwood again uh horror metal band you got to check them out they have two cds that are completely about horror movies where every song is specifically based on one movie it's awesome so again if you want to just check out the track it's called the rash decision and it is a fucking banger it's awesome all right let's move on to what we're watching or what i'm watching so i watched hell house llc for the first time pretty uh popular kind of indie horror flick um i thought it was pretty good this is uh this is just about a haunted house it's like a another found footage cam so again if you're not a fan of that i wouldn't recommend this movie because there's a lot there's a, there's scenes like even if you're fine with fine with found footage that are hard to watch because it's just like what the hell is going on and it's just so crazy and everything but i liked it i won't get uh, too much into spoilers, but uh, it's it's just it's about a haunted house where it's just yeah things go wrong like it it like there's like demonic stuff and there's like possibly ghosts or whatever. But yeah, it's this haunted place. They have a haunted house there, and things go terribly wrong. But what I really uh, what I did like about this movie, I really appreciated how effective they were with the scares on a very low budget because there's just a couple scenes where it's like literally like a clown there's a really creepy clown in this movie, like just a, a, a puppet basically, or like a, a mannequin or something. But it just at certain scenes in the movie, it's like looking this way. And then the the next scene, it's like its head is completely turned and the people realize it too. So like their reaction, they're oh fuck, like helps us out. Like it helps us react, you know, as viewers. So it's just, they do a lot of like small things like that. Cause again, this is like a, a tiny budget, but it was pretty effective. So uh, I would recommend Hell House LLC. Uh, I started watching The Rings of Power finally, uh, which is the new uh, Lord of the Rings show on Amazon. I am a huge fucking Lord of the Rings fan. The movies, not the books. I'm not going to consider myself like Lord of the Rings nerd. But um, the yeah, the the original trilogy that Peter Jackson did. My wife actually loves those movies too, which is makes it all the better because I can watch them with her. She did not watch the Hobbit films though. I thought those were great too. I didn't think they were as good as the Lord of the Rings, but I I still recommend those if you're into um you know this kind of stuff. But the Rings of Power, uh, the most expensive TV show ever made, and you can tell by watching this. There's a lot of money in here. I mean, like you've got. Just the money off of the franchises, you know, the Lord of the Rings. But then you have the Amazon money coming in too. And it's just, I mean, Amazon is like an endless fucking piggy bank. So it's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and spend, you know, tens of millions of dollars on an hour long episode. Please, please go for it. And they do. And it looks fucking great. The special effects are amazing. The CGI is amazing. The setting and the settings and everything. I mean, it's like every scene you're just like, wow, like just jaw dropped. But then it kind of makes me think it's like, I, I don't, it's not to sound ignorant, but like you think like, okay, like there is like the pyramids, you know, back in the day and everything. And like, we don't really know much about like medieval times and a lot of this other stuff, but like, 
in in these kind of things like these golden castles and empires and stuff it's like where is the fucking technology to build this stuff that's the only like and this is a stupid gripe even like game of thrones stuff like that it's like you know it's just i don't know it's so i always think of stuff like that but um no rings of power i watched three episodes so far and i would recommend it definitely for fans of uh the lord of the rings movies and then probably even uh, like Game of Thrones, which I have not started that uh, the new show, the the House of the Dragon yet, which I'm going to get to. And I'll probably have a review for you coming up or not a review, but I'll talk about it maybe next week on what we're watching, if I'm watching it. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about, I can't remember if I brought this show up on this podcast. I know I did definitely on um, Citizens of Pawnee, my other podcast, but uh, the show Severance, this was the Apple TV show starring Adam Scott, uh, John Turturro, Christopher Walken. Uh, so a really good cast, uh, Patricia Arquette. But the whole thing with this show is that you can you can get implanted with a chip called Severance. And what happens is you basically live two different lives. When you're at work, that you're you have no recollection of anything outside of work. And then when you are not working, you have no recollection of what you do for a living. All you know is that you go to a building every day and then it's like, once you pass a, a threshold, that chip kicks in and it just takes away all of your memories from outside. It's really fucking cool. Like the, the premise is really cool of the whole thing. So it's like, literally, it's like, oh, I hate my fucking job. It's like, oh, you should do severance because then when you go home, like you won't think anything of your job because you won't know anything of your job. However, things get really fucking shady when things happen at work. And all of a sudden, like um, Adam Scott's character, his name is Mark, for instance, like in the first episode, I think he walks out because he his, his hand is hurt or he has like a bandage on his hand. And it's like he he all of a sudden wakes up and it's like the fuck happened here. So he walks out to his car and there's just a note on the, the windshield. And it's like, hey, Mark, it's like you had an unfortunate incident with the copier today or something like that. So basically, Anytime something happens like in work, it's like, oh man, he slipped and broke his ankle. You're going to all of a sudden wake up and be like, why do I have a broken ankle? Because it happened in work. And they're just going to tell you something like, oh, you had an unfortunate incident. You know, you were mopping and you slipped or something, you know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like really shady shit going on. And now after that great buildup I gave it, I really hated this show going into like for the first, there were nine episodes the first six episodes, I was just like pulling my hair out because I kept hearing how great the show was and how good the payoff was going to be and everything. But it's like, I I finally got to a point where I'm like, this is so fucking boring. I cannot deal with it anymore. And I stopped watching it. And then last weekend, I saw my cousin Tim and he came up and he knows I'm a gigantic Parks and Rec fan. And so, of course, the show has Adam Scott. And he's like, did you watch that show Severance with Adam Scott? And I was like, yeah, I don't really care for it. And he kind of made a face like he looked like he was agreeing with me. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, good. I didn't know where you were going with that. And he's like, no, he's like, I actually liked it. So I kind of felt like a dick because I was just like, no, that show fucking sucks. But then he told me, he's like, you know what? I kind of felt like how you did. I thought it was really boring to get going. But he's like, the last few episodes, I swear to God, will make it worth it. And he was right. Episodes uh, seven, eight, nine were just fucking, they were so good. I don't want to spoil much, but like these, something happens where they're, they call them innies and outies. Like your innie is your work person. Your outie is the person, you know, who, who works um, or who, who is actually living the normal life. So uh, they finally figure out a way they figure out that like some fucking crazy shit's going on. And they, they kind of put two and two together that it's because actually one of the guys who works with them, he was pulled out of his like work self because they needed to ask him a question and he figured it out immediately. He's like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, did you just pull me out? Like he's never seen this before. He's never witnessed it, but he knew what was happening. And sure enough, they had to like come to his house to do it. So in like the minute they had this guy out of there, a little kid came running up. So then they like kind of zapped him again and he went back to his normal self. However, he now has this memory, this one memory of what is possibly his child. 
So he's just really depressed and shit because no one will tell him. He's like, do I have a kid? Do I have a kid? And they're like, oh, well, no, you, you're outside life. Is that a, just fucking bullshit with him. So, but anyway, they figure out that, yeah, we can get out and they do, but it's like not for good. But just like that whole scene there, the way they did it, it fucked with me. I mean, like, because I thought of everything that this person would be because there were so many factors I didn't even think about in the beginning when it's like, all right, yeah, you're going to go home. And it's like, Hey, how's everyone doing? You know, da da da. Yeah. Duh. Well, I don't know how work was, but it's like, beyond that, you're like, when you're in work, you know, nothing, nothing about your personal life. So it's like, if someone came in and was like, Oh, your sister got hurt. It's like, I have a sister. You wouldn't know that until you were back to your north. So I'm just probably confusing you. But I, again, I, I definitely recommend this show. It is, it's a, it's a tough watch at times because again, it can be very monotonous and fucking boring. The setting is boring for the show. They walk very slowly, not like slow motion. It's just the way they walk in the show is slow. Um, but it's though those last episodes, man, fucking made it well worth it. And I'm very excited for the next season because of that. So drum roll for myself. Uh, next week we will be watching uh, silent Hill, uh, as I said earlier in the, the episode. So, uh, if you still, uh, haven't watched silent Hill, we're giving you an extra week. Uh, again, Heather will be back to join us next week. So you won't have to hear my stupid voice the whole time, but that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out. Remember to check us out wherever you get your podcast now. And if you'd like to contact the show, horrorcopiapodcast at gmail.com is how you can reach us via email. You can also follow and message us on Instagram at hcopia underscore podcast. New episodes drop every Monday. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Heather, any parting words? Nope. Go Bears. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.